This episode of the 3D Insights podcast is brought to you by SEMI, the leading microelectronics industry association with programs that help its members grow their business and address top challenges worldwide. With a global focus on advocacy, the microelectronics supply chain, sustainability, and workforce development, SEMI works with industry leaders to align goals, share best practices, and accelerate progress. Learn more at SEMI.org. there. I'm Francoise Von Trapp, and this is the 3D Insights Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Season 4 of the 3D Insights Podcast. This week, we're recording live from SEMI-ISS, where semiconductor industry executives gather to gain and share insight on where the semiconductor industry is headed and how they can work together to get there. Economic trends and industry markets and growth drivers are a critical part of this discussion. So here to talk about this with me today are members of SEMI's market intelligence team, Clark Tseng and Ines Kvartsova. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So before we dive in, let's do some introductions. Clark, I understand you're new to this role. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at SEMI? I'm Clark Tseng. I'm senior director at SEMI's market intelligence team. Um, Actually, this I'm rejoining SEMI okay. um, last year. I was with SEMI since 2018, almost 10 years. Okay. And then I joined the fabulous company, MediaTek. And uh, after that, I rejoined SEMI. Before that, uh, the, my f- first um, 10 years at SEMI, before that, I was at the some of the strategic role at the device maker like uh, Kimondas and also started my career as an industry analyst at IDC that I covered um, semiconductors, flat panel display, as well as some of the telecommunication market segments. Okay. Now, Ina, you are not new to SEMI or ISS. Um, can you share a little bit about your role at SEMI? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Um, I'm market research analyst at SEMI uh, market intelligence team, uh, where I'm responsible for uh, semiconductor equipment, as well as uh, some uh, wafer fab materials and markets uh, and forecasts. Uh, I also support our extensive uh, statistics and data collection um, uh, programs at SEMI that are foundational for our research. Okay. So you were part of last year's MIT podcast episode from ISS, and I actually wasn't here. I mean, I've listened to it, of course, but to set the stage, can you talk about what was predicted then and what um, what actually happened? Yes, absolutely. Last year, we were celebrating three years of the consecutive growth for the industry, but being aware how cyclical our industry is, we were foreseeing some downturn, and the question was whether we are going to see a significant reduction uh, or we are going to just see a small contraction. So certainly now we are almost finalized the 2023 results, and uh, yes, 2023 is a correction year for the industry. What do you mean by a correction year? The year when the industry take time to adjust ex- accumulated excessive inventory, for example, okay. and that reflects in semiconductor sales, at, at it cascades down the supply chain. At, at so basically, the three years prior resulted in an oversupply? Previous three years was a remarkable journey for the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, three years of consecutive growth are not very often, but they do happen. But mm-hmm. those three years, uh, we uh, registered records year after year after mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. It is expected that such a 
pace of growth will be uh, alternated by a slowdown, so okay. to say. So something that was expected. Yes, to some extent, mm-hmm. yes. And it's already after second half of year 2022, we started to see the consumer-driven downturn, slowdown in demand that mm-hmm. actually spilled into enterprise sector in 2023, impact in the semiconductor revenue. As a result, uh, general expectation now, for example, from majority of the research firms is for semiconductor revenue to contract um, approximately 10% from previous year record. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we uh, observe that according to most of industry indicators, I see sales bottom was in the second quarter of 2023, and we are on a path to return to growth since. Okay, so 2024 is looking good. Good. Yeah, I think we are projecting double-digit growth for 2024 and 2025 in terms of semiconductor sales. Um, I think we are talking about mid-team percentage growth next this year and next year. There was a lot of discussion about the drivers of the growth, AI being one of them. Um, any others that you could mention? I would say for this year, memory price recovery well contributed a lot of the the revenue growth this year. And coming from the lower base in 2023, that also helps in terms of growth rate. AI growth is part of the factor that started to contribute some revenue since the second half of last year, and that will continue to at least 2025 um, in the cloud areas. And I think we expect to see more end device or edge device that will adopt AI technology. Mm-hmm. And that will start to uh, contribute more silicon content in end device starting from in 2025. So we will see more growth coming generated from AI uh, next year. Okay. So when you talk about edge devices, that's, is, for example, AI-enabled PCs are starting to hit the market. Yeah, I will say thing about like smartphone PC mm-hmm. that would be the, the the two main segment that will embrace the AI functionality and automotive. Uh, automotive, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, Ina, how are geopolitics and the Chips Act impacting the industry? There was a lot of presenters that were elaborating on this topic today. Yes, right. Um, Fab investments and capacity growth will diversify across regions in the coming years. Um, We already seen significant increases in the Fab investments uh, across all regions, and Fab investments would include both uh, capital expenditures for the construction as well as equipment. From 2023 through 2026, we anticipate that Fab investments in Americas will increase 70%, in Korea 50%, and Europe and Japan region are going to see increases uh, in investments, actually the investments are going to double in size for those regions. So definitely redistribution of investments across the globe. And what about China? Uh, Yes, right. China is accelerating its growth. According to our wafer fab forecast, China's share in 300 millimeter fab capacity is going to increase from 21% to 29 by 2026. And with that, it's going to surpass 
uh, Korea and Taiwan share in uh, 300 millimeter capacity. So geopolitics here mm -hmm. effectively is a catalyst, but also a disruptor for the industry, and we need to be mindful about it. So it doesn't necessarily impact overall growth, it just shifts where that growth is coming from? I think I can address this question in two ways. It's both uh, diversification and also in terms of the absolutely dollar that's being invested in different regions. You know, talk about U.S., Europe, Japan, um, these regions will see very strong growth in the next three years in terms of FEV investment. If you look at five or ten years ago, that's typically not the case. Most of the FEV investment happens in Taiwan, Korea, mm -hmm. and China, uh, especially in China in the past five years. Uh, and, and we see that dynamics changing, and a lot of the investment has been shifted to U.S., Europe, and Japan. Uh, and right. One of the reasons is that the Samsung, TSMC, and Intel has been uh, diversifying their construction throughout the world because of the CHIP Acts and uh, government incentive globally. So speaking of CHIPS Acts that are happening in different regions, a lot of regions seem to be focused on building their own ecosystems to capture the, some global market share. Now, how will this impact overall capacity? Maybe I can start with China. I mean, China has always had the ambition to create their own ecosystem and uh, build a more resilient supply chain to have more self-sufficient um, semiconductor supply. There has been very strong investment from front-end fab to back-end fab, and there are now also a lot of investment in the capital equipment market and also materials. So I think China could become a very unique market. Um, uh, they are building a lot of capacity that is aiming for um, the domestic consumption. Uh, given what Ina just mentioned in terms of the capacity share and their uh, ambitious uh, capacity growth, we don't know yet if those capacity will kind of spill out uh, to the world and that could be a concern uh, mm -hmm. that creates oversupply. But for now, I, we see that uh, these investments in China would, would be somehow contained within China. But that would also impact China's imports from other regions, because don't they import more ICs than any other region at the moment? Uh, true. I mean, China is the, the largest chip consumption country right. in the world. But again... I think maybe I don't know the exact number. Maybe one third of the chip that's imported in China is assembly for overseas mm -hmm. end device like iPhone right. or other smartphone or other devices that will be export as an end device globally. Mm -hmm. So technically, these are not uh, China domestic market. Right. Okay. Yeah. As long okay. as uh, when when like Apple when they diversify their supply chain into India, Vietnam these things will not be assembled in China anymore. Right. So we see that dynamic changing as well in terms of final device assembly. I think your jobs are going to be really interesting in the next few years. See how it all plays out. You know, uh, let's pivot a little bit to talk about the materials supply and demand and growth outlook that you covered in your presentation. What are the, some of the key takeaways? 
absolutely. After seeing a moderate uh, and mostly volume-driven contraction uh, in 2023, a wave of materials market is set for healthy recovery in 2024 and even more growth uh, in the following years. Actually, according to our materials market data subscription report, we are forecasting that uh, materials market, wafer fab materials market on its own, is going to reach a new industry record of $50 billion by 2026. So what is driving that growth? Of course, the push for capacity expansion will translate in additional wafer starts, which in turn uh, reflects the high consumption of the materials. Also, in the short run, improved fab utilization rates. After 2023, we see the utilization rate was fairly low. So we expect uh, utilization to improve. That impacts uh, positively um, materials consumption. And uh, furthermore, uh, on a bigger picture, uh, interrelationship between the materials used in the front end manufacturing and the end device performance is increasing and uh, that connection is going to be only stronger and uh, will translate in additional opportunities for the market growth for the materials suppliers. One of the presentations, and I can't remember whose it was, was comparing, you know, with AI being a big driver and how AI chips are so much larger than chips for smartphones. So if we're producing fewer chips per wafer, is that something that is impacting the materials growth because we need more wafers to produce those AI chips? Well, I think that's absolutely right. And um, that, that will create a um, new... A capacity growth opportunity mm-hmm. to because there are strong demand for AI server right. chips. It's much larger, larger, and and they need more capacity to fulfill that demand. Mm-hmm. So um, even though smartphone or PC market had saturated and the growth expected to be slow, and we are seeing new opportunity from AI servers. And those those uh, chips uh, are typically pretty. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was trying to think, is there a difference or a correlation between growth in the equipment market and growth in the materials market? And if the materials market is growing faster or higher at a higher rate than the equipment market, what would be the reason for that? I think these two market function differently. Uh, equipment market goes with the industry cycle. When there is a strong demand, they need to build capacity, right. therefore uh, invest in equipment. Material market goes with the chip shipment. Sometimes, regardless of the pricing, um, they still maintain uh, a certain utilization at the fab. So there is a very steady uh, chip shipment every year. Um, so material market typically is pretty stable, and we see single-digit growth. Um, uh, compared to the fluctuation mm-hmm. what we saw at equipment, sometimes negative 10%, sometimes 20% growth. Yeah. Okay. And did you have any other thoughts that you wanted to discuss, Ina? One of my key takeaways, uh, what we are hearing here at ISS, is the industry priorities are shifting from mm-hmm. business continuity to a much bigger picture to the national security objectives and supply chain resiliency. Mm-hmm. And uh, last but not the least, to the env- environmental sustainability impact. 
and that's something very important for our industry and will definitely will impact the entire manufacturing ecosystem. So with that in mind, you know, we have put a big emphasis on achieving a trillion dollars in revenue by 2030 or thereabouts. How critical is it to meet this goal? Well, I think the one trillion goal is um, something I think the industry can achieve, um, judging from what we are seeing right now with the AI, automotive, and uh, industrial growing much faster than traditional segment. There's a high confidence that the industry will achieve that one trillion sales target. To get that goal, I think the industry is building capacities to fulfill that strong growth. We're talking about 10% KGR from 2023 to 2030. And that's higher than the typical semiconductor sales growth mm -hmm. in the past de decades. But I think um, with the AI and uh, from cloud to edge and with a, a lot of the other factors like, a, I would say, rising cost of the semiconductor manufacturing, maybe the rising cost of the chips, uh, that will also contribute to some of the, the price increase and that will contribute to the, the sales. Right. So... It's not necessarily having to add capacity to reach that mark. It could be including inflation and increased in prices could push us into that area, into that number. That's a small part of that yeah. because we are seeing the price increase from the supply chain in the past two years yeah. during pandemic. And it's not easy uh, to dial back right. the price, especially when the industry is building the facilities globally, and that will add a lot of capacity mm -hmm. from the supply chain perspective. And there's no way you can filter down that cost, and you probably need to pass down. Okay. So let's talk about the SEMI's market intelligence team for a minute to wrap things up. Um, what's your role in guiding the industry on this growth path? Well, I think we have the... A big fab database that is the, we we'll say, the flagship product of Semi's market intelligence lab. We forecast a global uh, fab project, new announced uh, expansion in terms of the technology capacity and in different segments, different countries. And our forecast, well, goes to 2027. And with that detailed bottom-up approach, the fab analysis and forecast, that provides a very good foundation for for the industry mm -hmm. to forecast the uh, the demand for equipment and material. And on the other hand, we also look closely on, in the short term in terms of the wafer uh, equipment shipment and material shipment to look at the, the dynamics of the of the industry dynamics, uh, such as uh, the correction we had last mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. We saw a significant decrease of the wafer shipment. Uh, silicon wafer shipment, and uh, and we expect that will come back gradually this year. So we look at the long-term forecast, and we also look at the short-term dynamics within the industry. We look at some indicators. These numbers and intelligence will help uh, a lot of semi-members and the industry players to make uh, a good decision. And how do they use the data to plan their strategy? Well, there's a long-term target, and and, um, and the long-term forecast is built by uh, our uh, very detailed bottom-up, fab-by-fab mm -hmm. um, forecast. So there's a very specific um, information regarding who is building what and at when, 
at what capacity. So that is a very uh, strong tool for uh, for industry players to plan their capacity uh, uh, accordingly. Okay. All right. Well, where can people go to learn more about the SEMI Market Intelligence Team? Please go to SEMI website, SEMI.org. There's a market data section. We do um, have a pretty good introduction in terms of what we are uh, covering from uh, Fed forecast, equipment, material, and some of the component market. Great. Thank you both for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you for the opportunity. Thank you. Next week on the 3D Insights podcast, you'll hear from Paul Triolo of Albright Stonebridge Group. Get ready to learn a lot about the impact of regional supply chains, U.S.-China relations, and the possibility of a semiconductor industry in India. There's lots more to come, so tune in next time to the 3D Insights podcast. The 3D Insights podcast is a production of 3D Insights, LLC.